This is exciting. This has been on my radar and on my soul for a little bit and we're back. (laughs) We're back and I thought about like, oh, renaming, make a new podcast. No, we're not, we're not doing any of that. We're not entertaining that because this is Courageously Unapologetic. And you are back here with me, your host, Corinne Allen, or you're tuning in and you're new and I welcome you and I can't wait to get to know you more and for you to get to know me more and see where this takes us. So we're diving in juicy. We're just going for this conversation that there's such softer ways, right, to like deliver the the meat and like the goodness of a topic. But what I really love about this title is that I've had a few very recent one-on-one clients who have delivered it this boldly, and I'm like, yes, so we're going with that, that delivery and just what it is is it's grown women not trying to sugarcoat things anymore because they're like, all right, I need to push past this space in my life. So if you read the title, push past the space of being a prude. So we are going to be talking about my experience of how did I go from being a prude to owning my sexuality and sensuality. And there's a lot of questions and layers that go within that of like, how did you do this? Or, um, you know, what did you do for this? Or how did, you know, your husband feel about this? Or what about like the fact that you're a mom? Um, There's so many layers to it that are not going to answer the question of how I did it. However, if we need to make this a part two, and you are curious of where my thoughts are when it comes to the fact that like, whatever my kids want to when they're old enough and they see photos or um they're like why are you walking around in that mom like if they want to ask those questions how I would deal with it um now I'll just say short answer my children won't because this is what we I've taught them and this is what they see and know and I worked really freaking hard for that so that's kind of the short answer. Um, you know, my, my children would never walk out when I lay out in just a thong bikini on my tummy. Like they would never walk by and be like, Oh my God, like your butt cheeks. (laughs) Um, so anyway, we can go on to that if you want a part two, but let's jump into how I went from being a prude to owning my sexuality. There was a lot of undoing there was a lot of asking myself the question of how much truth is in that thought that you're actually having? How much truth is in the thought that you're having that literally if you do that, if you have any other type of sex or any other type of thought of sex that is not um, vanilla, right? We'll go with words that everyone is, is using and understanding now and talking about. If you don't know what that is, because maybe that's just not something in your vocabulary, first of all, there's so many like you because they're like, um, what's wrong with vanilla ice cream? Like, it's fine. Um, so vanilla is unexciting, normal, conventional, boring. That's like the, the urban dictionary. So I had to undo a lot of this if I didn't do if I did outside of this vanilla style that I was just like, let's go back to the very beginning. 
that I was going to just get like strike down and I was immediately a bad woman and um, promiscuous, like instantly slutty and instantly, um, you know, lose all respect for myself and my husband will lose respect for me. And I, there's no way if I do those types of things that I could ever be a good mother because a good mother wouldn't do that. And those were the things that were in my head. And those were the things that I had to address right away that I needed to undo. Because in my mind, women that did that were in videos that I didn't watch. And they were in videos that were against that religion life that consumed me and that, you know, I lived in for so long. So therefore, I was on that same level if I did that. Now, here's the mental F of it all. I was married and having these thoughts because those thoughts were so conditioned and brainwashed into me that I couldn't act out these ideas or fantasies or thoughts or desires, um, all the things that I wanted to do. I mean, even to the point of like, you know, I remember I would always just get turned on really easily in showers and in bathtubs. And I'm like, nope, just do your shower. Just do your bathtub. Like, that's not what you're in here for. I had these screwed up conditionings in my mind that I needed to be this vanilla mindset of like, no, you need to get yourself clean and then get out and then put on something sexy for him and then initiate that. Um, Just like what the hell was going on in my head, right? But that's the reality. So I had to continuously ask myself, like, well, how much truth is in that? And then answer it, like answer that for myself. None. (laughs) There's no truth in that. Like you are not just going to like all of a sudden burn to ashes and just be this terrible human being for acting out these things and enjoying yourself and, oh Lord, actually having pleasure and not being like, okay, it's just for them. It's, you know, it's just for the partner. So I had to undo that. That was basically all from like the religious aspect of that conditioning. Um, Then there was all the judgment, mine and a partner's, right? Like of myself, what do I look like? What do I feel like? What do I smell like? What do I taste like? All these judgments that I had on myself, then what if he has that of me? Then, Then what if that gets like spread around? And, and even though, like, let me remind you, this is my husband. And I'm like, what if he judges? What if he feels something and then never wants to do that again? You know, and then that's self-judgment. Um, you know, am I doing a good job? Am I enough? Am, how do I look from this angle? Like I said, taste, feel, look like all of those things. Ask myself the same question. How much truth is in this? Is that really what we are going to be thinking if we reach the point of actual pleasure? Because that's the biggest thing. There's a lot of people having sex, but there's not a lot of people having, you know, actually connected, not just pleasure, but the connection that can happen there, really being like soul connected. Our souls are connected during this because there's a lot of people just having like some penetration, but there's not a lot of people having soul connection and having pleasure and intimacy from that. Because once you reach that level, you are not having any thoughts of 
what something looks like, feels like, tastes like in any kind of judgment way. You are so deeply connected that you are just embracing the moment. You're in the moment. You're so present that actually nothing exists outside of that. You almost enter into a different world. Now, just in case you're like, well, damn, I never entered that world. Hey, it's okay. Like I hadn't either. Literally, I've been with the same person for like 16, 17 years uh, we're going on. And I didn't have that until, well, just for better reference, you understand like age point. We've been together since we were 21 and not until my 30s, like 30s, even like approaching (laughs) mid mid 30s, um, because here I am late 30s. So I would say like (laughs) towards towards approaching into like getting to your mid 30s where I was like, oh, it's like a whole other world. Like there is moments where you, you know, you're just like, you forget that life exists outside of the connection of the two bodies being connected. And 100% of that has to do with letting go of the judgment, of the doubts, of being hard on yourself, of thinking about all the things that you have to do and like this laundry list and work and There's a lot of men who are still treating this transactionally like, that's fine. Your business can be transactional, but your intimacy and your sex life is not transactional. It's not how it goes. And so therefore, you are literally doing yourself the disservice of being able to escape to this other world and be able to have this insanely intimate and connected, pleasurable experience that goes on and on and on. And when it's transactional, it's like you, you literally can, we've all been at this place, whether it's recent for you or whether it's previous, whatever it is, where it's like, you literally know how it's going to go down. You literally know the steps and then it's like, okay, now it's time for your part. Now it's time for mine. Now it's time to do this cleanup. Like if you know that, you're not escaping into this other place. And I've had some really, really, really incredible times with people that still I knew exactly how it was going to go down, which reveals to me so clearly we were not escaping into that place and we were not even as soul connected as I could have sworn that we were. It was still, for lack of better words, still transactional because you can map out exactly how each thing is going to go it's transactional. That's not how it goes. It, it is one of those things where it's flowing and you've connected so deeply that the judgment is gone. Okay. And you do reach this point when let's go very, let's go back to like the real question of like, how did you go from prude to owning the sexuality? Honestly, you have to reach a place where you're like, how much longer can I go like this? People will refer to that in all other parts of their life, like a relationship or their weight loss or a job. But like when you realize that you are truly missing out on that deep, connected, intimate pleasure, it's okay to be like, hmm, so there's going to come a point when like this isn't even happening in my life anymore, you know, when we all get old and it happens and how much longer am I going to go with it going down like this? And how much of this is connected to me? 
And then you realize that all of it is. And you're like, okay. It's just like any other part of doing the work. When you realize that almost all of it is on you, then you can make the decision where you're like, okay, I've put everything into it and it's still not working. Then you can start talking about, hey, maybe it's me and the partner together. Hey, maybe this is on you. But at first, you start within yourself. And so when I did that, I realized, holy crap, like, this is all on me. Because my husband will do, when it comes to pleasure, when it comes to connection, when it comes to us, he will do what makes me happy. There's no like, I don't know, da, 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 or this is about me or like, that's not how a, your partner needs to be in these situations. And it's like, Hey, this is what pleases her. This is what makes her happy. You do reach that place, but you have to also communicate. You need to speak up like, Hey, whatever you're doing right there. No, that's not working. And there's a lot of women that don't do that. And there's a lot of women that are just like, well, it's transactional. So when it's done, it's done. But as you start asking yourself, like, how much longer can I go like this? How much longer do I really want to be just doing it to do it and a quick little like the quickest little like sneeze length of an orgasm versus like having extended amounts of pleasure because you're so deeply connected. It was a breakthrough moment for me. When I realized that, you know, from experiencing it, like I remember just the breakthrough moment of like, wow, it's not all about the orgasm. And that blows people's minds until they feel that. When you're able to have a consistent pleasure all the way through, and then sometimes there is a finish off of it, or sometimes there's not, but it doesn't take away. It's not this climax that you're like, you're only doing it to get to this this end. Again, that's transactional. So as you open yourself up more and you relax and you tell yourself like, I'm going to pour myself into it. Here's the thing. How would it feel to be wildly confident? You do that. You insert your alter ego that is craving that inside of you. What does she wear? What does she do? How does she act in there? What music is she putting on? How is she greeting herself? How is she touching? How is she uh, responding to things? Like, What are all these things that this alter ego, this wildly confident, literally just like dripping and turned onness? what does she do? And you insert that over and over and over again. And just like with any other alter ego, one day you're like, hmm, I don't need to step into that. I am that. People think that that's some fake thing. It's not. It is so freaking real to the point of, I used to mentor hundreds of women who didn't have any form of social media. And I'm like, okay, let's get an Instagram and let's figure out what this alter ego is inside of you. And you would not believe the women that formed by doing that. The insane fierceness, the sensualness, the strength, the conversations, like the words that they would say, the posts they would share, 
um, the, the poses, the energy, the vibe, because all of this was inside of them, but all of the judgment from the world or their partners or their mothers or whatever was just suffocating them. And so just creating a little Instagram where a mentor said, just go be it, go do whatever the hell you want and do it every single day over and over and over again. And then oddly enough, years later, someone shared with me that literally Beyonce had like a message about that, about that's why she created Sasha Fierce, to have this alter ego to step into. And then one day she woke up and was like, oh, I'm, this is who I am. This is real. And you can do this. You can, it's not even borrowing belief from somebody else. It's like, it's already who you are inside but you're so nervous and you're so like almost consumed and paranoid about the judgment from other people and what they'll think. But it's like, even I had to ask myself, um, hey mom, if you're listening, (laughs) even I had to ask myself the question of like when I was, I get scared to share certain things or, you know, it would make her uncomfortable. Like I had to ask myself, I'm like, how long are you going to keep living as Nancy's daughter? And when are you going to own who you are? When are you going to be Corrine? Like you're living your entire existence and making all these decisions and making all these choices and living this prude vanilla life because you're wrapping your whole identity around being Nancy's daughter. And yet the fact of the matter is, wouldn't she want me to be happy? Even if those things make her uncomfortable, if I just keep living in these other ways, if I just keep watering myself down, then I'm just going to feel hollow. I'm going to feel watered down. I'm going to feel diluted. I'm going to lose myself because I'm so concerned with making sure somebody else remains fed and remains, you know, at, at this like pedestal that they're on, right? No matter how much you love them, no matter who they are, they're your mother, your spouse, your grandmother, whatever you're living some, you're living for someone else. You're not living for yourself. You have to be willing to trade your insecurity and mediocrity for a wild, passionate, dirty, incredible, amazing intimacy and connection to yourself and doing whatever that looks like and feels like. What does she wear? What does she do? What's her hair like? I had this major clarity moment years ago where I could see this other version of myself. I could see so crystal clear that it was me, but everything about her, the way that she was dressed and her hair and all these things were so different. And what I knew was that because I was so connected to my gut instincts and my intuition that that was me seeing my higher self and myself being fully raw and true to me and the wild raw and messiness of her, I needed to get, I needed to claim it. I needed to go and grab that and be that. And that's a choice, willing, willing to trade So marriage or your relationship or you are not vanilla, the unexciting, normal, conventional, boring, but you have to choose that. What do you need to undo? What judgments do you need to stop having? Where do you need to ask yourself the same question of how much truth is in that? 
And now here's some things that you can go do, which I have recently just shared with a one-on-one client of mine. Go buy yourself some, some scandalous lingerie and wear it for you. Put that on when you're alone. Walk around the house. Look at yourself in the mirror. Touch yourself. Embrace yourself. Remind yourself that there is no truth in this judgment. And if there is this insecurity that you're feeling, because we're women and that can come so natural and you start picking yourself apart, tell yourself, this is not going to matter when I am deeply connected to myself. And the way I'm talking to myself is not how I would ever talk to somebody else that I love. Embrace myself. See the beauty in the fact that I made this decision to wear this and to get into this and to get more connected to myself. Do you know the fantasies that you want? Do you know the ways that you want to feel? Because most women say no, but they're really quick to tell me, I just wish that he would just grab me and throw me on the bed. I just wish that he would text me these things like throughout the day. So I just knew. I just wish that when I came home, he had this like laying on the bed picked out. Girl, so you know, you have all these things in mind and now make your list. Make your list and start doing those things. You have these things in your head. Sure, no, you can't text yourself. But if you want, you can definitely ask for your partner to do that. But you can lay this thing out on the bed and you can get into it. And you can make yourself feel these certain ways. You can start doing these things to yourself and for yourself and learning who you are and making a bucket list of things that you want to feel. You don't think all this was uncomfortable for me? Oh, Lord, was it uncomfortable for me? And then to share those things on a small scale publicly. But what happens is people, it's not about like me writing these things out. Like I never shared with people and did this whole explanation of how maybe there's part three needed. Um, (laughs) The part two is the questions that people had about like, what about how your partner feels about it? What about how your kids feel about it? Okay, well, I never came out and made this huge share about how I was dedicating years of my life to becoming more intimate with myself, dedicating an entire year to a self-pleasure practice. No, I didn't share these things. Maybe here and there I would talk about pleasure or self-care on a different level. But what happens and what happened is that people felt the difference because it's not about what you post and what you think all this like amazing wording is, but people feel what you're feeling. People feel who you are. So when people are like, wow, I can just feel the difference over these years. Yeah. And there's a lot of work behind that. There's prayer, but there's also a lot of work with it. There has to be passion and purpose and a lot of oomph put into that too. And that's what happened behind there. That's what happens behind behind the scenes. So it's not about, you know, you don't none of this has to be publicly for you. But the transformation that happens will radiate out of you publicly eventually will be part of your existence, will be part of your introduction without you saying a word and speaking with words to introduce yourself, but who you are. Because you know who you are. You know how your day goes. You know how you handle your life. You know 
where you're connected. Like, you know all these things about yourself. No one would ever think that such a big part of this can be linked to your pleasure, but it can because pleasure surrounds you. It's in the way that you speak. It's in, uh, there's, there's so many aspects to it. And these are your, these are some of the tasks that you can go and do. What do you need to undo? What do you need to go and undo? What are you making yourself believe is wrong about you? What are you making yourself believe is wrong about you? Where's all this judgment coming in? Okay. And what are you, what are things that you're avoiding because you're believing all these things are wrong about you and you have all this judgment and there is an entire workbook on this. So if you are interested in all of the questions and all of the challenges that come with doing a deeper intimacy challenge, the challenges do involve a partner. If you do not have a partner, they can be done by yourself. If you are interested and you want to know more about that, you can come over to my Instagram at Corrine double underscore Allen, and I will put stuff in the show notes so you can go and find it. But you can get that for literally the cost of less than taking yourself out for a date night or going on a date night with your partner. And you can fill these things out and do this challenge and do this workbook over and over and over again.